from KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Those mid swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, from Cardinal Spring Training and the T.R. Hughes Homes, St. Charles Premier New Home Builder Broadcast Center, it's Matt Pauley on KMOX. Well, an hour later than normal, but here we are. We come your way with a Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, coming your way from Jupiter, Florida, home of Cardinals Spring Training. We are going to do mostly baseball this hour. Uh, we're going to hear a lot from both Paul Goldschmidt and Oliver Marmel. Uh, Goldschmidt reporting to camp. Today was the first full squad workout for the Cardinals, and uh, Goldschmidt spent some time uh, with us, the media, in the clubhouse after that workout today. So we're here. He had a lot to say. He really had a lot to say. And a lot of times with Goldie, he doesn't say a lot. That's just not really in his personality. I thought he had a lot to say today. So we'll, uh, we'll play that for you. I'll, we'll also do what we do uh, just about every day and uh, go back through what was said by Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. Generally, the entire hour would be devoted to the Cardinals as we come your way from Jupiter. But there was some pretty big news that happened in our state as far as uh, the state of Missouri goes uh, earlier today where we found out that the athletic director at the University of Missouri, Desiree Reed-Francois, had made the decision to leave Mizzou and she is going to take the same job at the University of Arizona and she's actually taking a, a very small pay cut to go there. Now she does have some ties there. She, uh, she graduated from, uh, from graduate school at Arizona, uh, but they are in a uh, <laughs> they're in a financial really tough spot right now uh, there at Arizona as well. So there's a lot going on here, and and I wanted to touch on it just for a few moments. It was interesting because there's a lot of Mizzou alumni who are members of the media who are here in Jupiter covering the Cardinals, and it was a sky is falling kind of day for them as they saw someone who had really built up Missouri to be a leader in name image likeness that had created a surplus from a financial standpoint that had done a lot really bringing the donors together and also most importantly if you're going to compete in the SEC to do so you have to have facilities high level facilities especially if you are a University of Missouri where you're not kind of a classic SEC school there, there might not be a, a situation in the country. Maybe Vanderbilt would be another one, but there's, there's very few situations in the country where facilities are more important than they are to Missouri. And she had done a spectacular job uh, when it comes to that. So this was bad news. I, I, there's really, I'm someone who likes to spin just about everything to a positive direction. That's just sort of the, the way I am. And look, maybe Missouri goes out and gets just a, a superstar AD and they do a, a fantastic job continuing and even uh, furthering uh, what was uh, what was previously done. But at the very surface level, this sounds like horrendous, horrible, bad news for Mizzou. As I was thinking about talking about this, I wanted to be really careful with something because I don't like talking about things where I'm not fully educated on them because if you're wrong, it's your fault that you were wrong because you really didn't know uh, what you were talking about in the first place. But this has been uh, written all over the place. 
And there's been kind of some innuendo that goes along with it as well. Missouri's Board of Curators had voted to create the Mizzou Intercollegiate Athletics Special Committee, a four-member panel to monitor Missouri sports. Because, I mean, money's just going all over the place, right? Like, that's the, that is the basic idea here that there's going to be, um, that there's just, you know, you, you want to put something in place to kind of watch uh, what is going on. I don't know um, what led to this committee being put together outside of just somebody taking a step back and saying, okay, Look at we we are at a crossroads of collegiate athletics right now. There's lots of money coming here, going there. Let's put some people in place just to have some oversight on everything that was going on. Uh, Bob Blitz, the attorney who uh, led St. Louis's effort against the Rams legally and helped uh, get the big Rams settlement, is the chair of that committee with three under other individuals uh, there as well. I don't know for sure that Reed Francois was unhappy with the fact that there was a committee put in place. But I will say this. I, I think we can, you know, when, when we're talking about issues like this and when we try to, I always say, you, when you try to compare like real world to sports, it doesn't work most of the time. It's not an apples to apples comparison. Maybe this because it's it's actually kind of more business than sports. Maybe this is a little bit more of a comparison. But if I'm doing a job and I know who my bosses are and I know who I answer to and I know what I'm supposed to do and I know what my end goal is going to be and I know all these things, like my job description is firmly laid out and then somebody comes to me and says, hey, you know what? You're doing a perfectly good job with what you're doing, but we're going to uh, put together a committee and they're just going to provide some oversight to what you're doing. I'm not going to be comfortable with that. I'm not going to believe them that I'm doing that they think I'm doing a good job. I'm going to think to myself, what have I done or what am I doing that has created these red flags and now all of a sudden I've got more people that I'm being forced to answer to. That would be my reaction to it. I don't know if that was her reaction to it or not. I do not know. Again, you do the you do the sports to real world comparison, and generally you're kind of off track, like you're you're not going down the right road. So I want to be careful when I do that. But I think I think sometimes you got to realize what you got, and you got to realize that actions have consequences. We live in a world where a lot of people don't realize that actions have consequences. They do. Actions have consequences, and I don't know for sure that establish, establishing an oversight committee, that that action, that the consequence of that action was losing your athletic director. What I do know is enough people are writing about it, enough people are mentioning it, that certainly seems to fall under the, if there's smoke, there's fire, uh, when, when you look at it. And when you think about everything she had done for the university, the the, pro- the facilities projects and what had already been accomplished there, the money that was brought in, the surplus that had been created, being at the forefront, the absolute forefront of name image likeness, 
having a pretty darn good track record of hiring coaches and having a staff, not just of coaches, but really everybody in the athletic department, that anytime you ever heard people talk about her, they appreciated her leadership and they wanted to work hard for her. When you've got somebody in that position and you're Missouri and bluntly you haven't had the athletic success in recent years that you would like to have and you were seemingly turning that back in the the direction that you wanted to go to. And I know Missouri basketball this year is having a terrible, terrible, terrible season. But it's safe to say that future is bright with Dennis Gates. We know what's going on with football. There's just a lot of really good stories at Missouri. Sometimes I I don't know if the people who were creating the the oversight committee, if they understood sports, if they understood uh, what they had. I, I don't know what they understood and what they did not understand. But if... If that offended her, and I don't think it's a crazy state, uh, if I would have been in her position, I probably would have been offended. I would say, look, look at the job that I'm doing, and this this is the response. This is the reaction from my bosses. Like That that would be my visceral response to it. I, I, I would come out a little hot on that one if that was her response, and now she's taking – she's going from the SEC to the Big 12, and I love the Big 12. I'm a Big 12 guy, but – the SEC and the Big 12 are not created equal. She's taking less money, and she's going to a spot. We haven't even talked about Arizona's athletic issues where, I mean, we, we don't have time to get into it right now, but they just had to fire their AD because of it's connected to Pac-12 money, but they've been borrowing money from uh, the like the University General Fund, and uh, they've got a huge hole that they've got to dig out. It's just a really tough situation. And I know she likes to build things and fix things and do all that sort of stuff, but she was still building at Mizzou. Like that, that job had not been finished. She was still building, and now she walks out. We'll spend a lot more time here over the next few days discussing what's next for Missouri as they look to find the next athletic director. But with this news just coming down today, I want to take a few moments and establish why it happened, why it might have happened, and mistakes that were potentially made leading to this happening because Missouri Athletics right now, they're in a worse spot than they are now than they were when we all woke up this morning and she was still the athletic director. All right, we will take a break, and when we return, we will shift gears. We will talk Cardinals baseball. Paul Goldschmidt spoke earlier today. A lot from him. We'll get into that coming up in just a moment or so. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line from Jupiter right here on KMOX. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, continuing to come your way from Jupiter, Florida, the home of Cardinal Spring Training. Today, a big day as it was the first official full squad workout. Most position players had reported. We'd seen a little bit of them here over the last week or so, but today was the day, 100% perfect attendance. Everybody was uh, involved in the workouts that were going on, and they'll do this for uh, about a week or so before playing their first great Fruit League game. That's going to be coming up on Saturday. They're actually playing two games on Saturday, split squad uh, situation. But action does begin here in just a few days. We heard from Paul Goldschmidt, first time that uh, we'd seen him in the clubhouse, and uh, he spent some time talking with the media. You know, he's a he's a quiet guy. When you talk to him, a lot of times he doesn't have a whole lot to say. I found it interesting. You're about to hear it for yourself so you can make your own assessment. Uh, but I thought he had a lot to say today, and uh, that's not always uh, kind of in his personality. And 
you know, there's been so much talk this offseason about the leadership in the clubhouse. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe he feels like uh, that he does need to be a little bit more outspoken, whether that's true or not. I thought he had some uh, interesting things to uh, say. So let's go ahead and jump right into what Paul Goldschmidt said earlier today inside of the Cardinals clubhouse here in Jupiter. Speaking about his offseason, he said that he worked very hard. Everything. I mean, obviously, was working on my swing and working on defense, working on running, uh, whatever else there is. So, uh, yeah, all parts, trying to, you know, one advantage of the way the season went was we had a longer off season, had opportunity to kind of look ahead, start planning a little bit, where sometimes in the playoffs you're so focused on that that then the offseason comes. So, you know, try to take the positives from last year, of having a little bit more time, having an opportunity to plan, come up with a good game plan, and, uh I don't feel like it went well. You look at some of the underlying numbers from last year for Goldschmidt, whether it was hard hit rate and some other things. I know there's a lot of people who don't care about those underlying numbers. They just want to see you know, the baseball card statistics and go from there. But uh, more often than not, the underlying numbers are what result in the numbers that we see up on the scoreboard. And that wasn't so much the case last year uh, with Goldschmidt, uh, but as he went into his offseason and really got a lot of work done, he says that he absolutely is expecting to have a better season this year. It's not like I was absolutely terrible last year. I just think I have the potential to play better, and I think there were some things I wanted to correct and um, just a lot more inconsistencies and just trying to clean that up. So course there are some good stats too and you know it's not just all working on stuff that you think you need to improve on you're also maybe even more focusing on the things you do well and trying to be even better at those and do that um it's easy to get focused on the negative but yeah the positive you know if you're gonna be in the big leagues there's everyone or even the minor leagues you have stuff you do well so yeah continue to focus on those things and try to be consistent and, and try to help us. Yeah, there was a video out there from him spending some time at uh, Driveline Baseball that uh, certainly caught some attention. And yeah, he's somebody who's always going to look inward to try to make himself better. And uh, I asked him about that process and whether or not uh, he enjoys kind of looking inward and trying to get better. Uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. So um, yeah, I mean, there's always a challenge and trying to figure that out. I mean, yeah, it is, it is fun to see what's possible. It takes a lot of work, but, I mean, that's what we signed up for. And um, it's really no different than any offseason. Always kind of go in, you come up with a game plan. Here's things I did well. Let's try to do that again and things I think I can improve on and, um, you know, try to find ways to keep getting better and new perspectives and things like that. So kind of used to it now doing it. And, uh, you know, I think the end goal is really fun is trying to, be well and, and play well in the season help the team win and you'll know, accomplish more of those team goals and yeah, yeah, yeah. that process is just part of uh trying to get to the end end product from a team standpoint obviously they're coming off a bad season last place team 91 losses uh last year and there's uh there was some negativity around the club but they go into the offseason trying to do a full about face on that and he made it very clear that this club absolutely still has high expectations every year is different for sure and um we want to go out there and play well, and I don't think this year's any different. Every team, regardless of the previous year, you know, you start with no wins, no losses, so um, you got to come out here and, and earn every win. And um, so, in that standpoint, it's, it's very, very similar, and every team's in the same 
same boat. So we'll try to prepare this spring training, be ready for opening day and for the long season, play well. And when you look at the roster, especially offensively, but the roster from top to bottom, he says there's a lot of reasons to think very highly about this club. I mean, I think we have a lot of talented players. We have a lot of depth. We've you know, got a lot of, even some of our younger guys got some great experience last year. And, you know, I think the health is going to be the biggest thing we saw, you know, especially towards the end of last year when we had so many injuries is had to have a lot of guys fill in. Every team's dealing with that. But, you know, whether it's guys that are starting this year that maybe aren't playing every day can fill in. And, you know, we have a lot of depth that's even going to be, you know, in AAA or other parts of the organization. Um, I think we got opportunity at all facets of our game to, to be successful. But, you know, we got to prove it. We got to go out there and earn it. And, um, you know, I've been on teams where the projections are really good and we don't live up to it. Been on teams that people think you're not going to accomplish much and uh, you ended up surprising them. So, you know, regardless of what people are thinking, I think it's up to us to go out there and prove it. The scoreboard won't lie. I said that a lot last year. If we if we play well, we'll win games. If individually or as a team, you know, by the end of the year, we're going to put up the numbers that are going to happen. And um, I think it's a great thing about this game and about sports. So what has to happen for this team to have that good season, for this team to truly turn it around and go from uh, last place last year to first place this year? Well, it all starts with the players, and he said players absolutely have to take ownership in what's going on. I think if you look at all the, the best teams, they always have you know, players kind of taking the lead. And, um, you know, as, as great as the coaches are, you know, they're not on the field out there. And it's up to us as individuals and as a group of players. I mean, we're all a team working together. But, of course, you know, it has to start with us. we got to go out there. we got to have that focus. we got to do the drills right. we got to keep getting better every day. And, you know, if you do that, the work will carry over and um, we'll perform, you know, as good as we can. Not only do the players have to have that ownership, they also need to be putting in the work. We got to all do that. You know, it's it's more than just words, too. You know, it's, it's actions. We have to. Every one of us have to focus and prepare and and do our job. And if we do that, you know, that can be contagious. Cause, you know, if I see someone else, you know, hustling or or even just really focused and, and doing their best, of course, it's going to motivate them. As a teammate, you don't want to let your teammates down. So I think that's a a huge motivating factor. As you look around, you don't you don't want to be the weak link and none of us want to do that and so it, it motivates all of us. You see someone hitting or in the weight room or, you know, doing a drill like you mentioned, um, it's gonna wear off on the people around you and that's without even saying a word. Obviously sometimes, you know, conversations happen. That's how we can make each other better as well. So um, we're all going to try to do that to the best of our ability. And you can put in the work during spring training, but it doesn't start right now. His expectation was that every player walked into that clubhouse ready to go. In the offseason, if you're coming to spring not prepared, you know, each guy's, you know, even though you might not be around each other, you know, you're going to notice if someone comes in and, and hasn't really been taking care of their business. And so it's this is a year-round thing we're doing. Obviously, there's little breaks, you know, throughout, but um, there's a lot of work that goes in the offseason everyone shows up and, and now definitely the first time we're all together but you can tell if, you know what's been going on thought he had some interesting things to say about the club's off season and not so much about uh the communication and everything we'll get to that in just a moment but truly just the off season adding players roster moves that sort of thing he really thought that uh, the club did a good job this off season and how they rebuilt the roster i think the front office that you know, we don't give uh the front offices across the league and across sports enough credit we think we all know what we're doing so <laughs> I have no judgment. I believe that they know way more than we do, and they're always doing what's best for the team and organization to put a winning product on the field. So my opinion doesn't matter, but of course I'm excited about the guys we have and, um, you know, got a chance to play with and against Lance and 
you know, I have a lot of respect for him. Same thing with Gibby and Sonny got me out way too many times. So uh, it's great. I mean, we knew that there was going to have to be some additions after last year. And, you know, there's a number of ways they could have gone. And, and that's what they decided was best. And now it's up to us in this locker room to uh, go out there and perform. Someone he's very happy to have uh, on the team is Matt Carpenter. Well, I'll be honest. I pushed for Carp when he was a free agent for him to come back. I've... I saw the impact he can have on the field, but also off the field. And um, you see a lot of the, the best teams. I always have players like him and, and other players on this roster because they make the people around him better. And uh, that can't always be measured in the stats. I mean, I remember even when I was a young player, even, you know, last few years, you know, a guy may say something on the bench that helps me get a hit or do something on defense. Um, and it just shows up. Maybe it shows up in my column. Where it really, the credit goes to them. So I think Carp's one of those players. We got a lot of guys on this roster that's like that. And, and that's kind of how we can make each other better and uh, make this whole team better. Speaking more about Carpenter, he says that uh, Carpenter is going to make everybody on the team better. I think it benefits everyone. I mean, I'll, I'll really rely on him and, and talk to him a lot. Hey, what do you see with my swing or this pitcher? What about on defense? What about this situation? But, yeah, I mean, I remember my first few years in the league, I think a lot of credit goes to the veteran guys we had when I was in Arizona because they made that – they sped up that learning curve a lot. And it would be, a, hey, you know, if you get in this situation, you know, here's what I, what I would do. And so there's stuff that – you know, mistakes that I would have made that then I didn't make. And uh, a lot of that credit, like I said, goes to those, those veteran players and – it might even be just something simple as, you know, after a, a struggling day and saying, hey, it's okay, you got this, and just now you're going to the ballpark, you know, with confidence, and that's that's the biggest thing. And so having guys like that, you know, they provide some consistency and can really help the players around them. Clearly the most high-profile signing during the offseason was pitcher Sonny Gray, and Gray has been everything that the Cardinals could have asked for here early on in camp, and uh, he pretty much uh, agreed. Goldschmidt said that Gray is a really good pitcher. He's just tough. I think my numbers off him are pretty bad, but for me it was always hard. You know, he's got his sinker. That's kind of, for me, going into a righty, and then the slider's going away, and they look pretty similar. So, you know, it's tough because you're not sure which way the pitch is going. So you start to swing thinking it might be this the sinker kind of going to end up you know, inner third, and it's the slider that ends up outer third. So that's how he gets those swing and miss, or you're trying to wait for that slider to see it a little deeper, and then, you know, the, the fastball jams you. So he was always a really tough guy for me. So I'm glad he's on our side. So in addition to bringing in new players, there was so much focus this offseason, whether it was the group chats, getting on Zoom calls, things like that. And uh, Goldschmidt said that uh, he made it a point to make sure that he was in constant communication all offseason with many other players. I talk with a lot of guys on this team. I think for me that was a point of emphasis to stay in touch with guys in the offseason, not get disconnected, see how guys are doing. And not so, I mean, sometimes you just got to move on, especially from last year. But yeah, I mean, there's always ideas about what we can do as individuals and team, and we're all open to that and trying to do it. Last thing from Goldschmidt, this was kind of interesting. At one point in the offseason, there was a report that uh, maybe Goldschmidt and the team would engage on a contract extension. Then around January, we heard that was kind of put off to the side, and that was something that would not be dealt with uh, for a while. Cardinals are known to uh, or for, are known for coming together on contract extensions uh, during spring training. So even though all reports have indicated that there's not a lot of engagement right now between the Cardinals and Goldschmidt, who knows? Maybe something will happen. Goldschmidt was asked about his contract situation. I mean, I think for me, I never really con commented on my contract, so I think I'll just keep that going. Yeah, as you might expect, he didn't have a whole lot to say about that. But uh, before that, a whole lot of interesting things for sure uh, said by 
by Paul Goldschmidt. We'll take a break, and when we return, our daily audio from Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. What did he have to say on this day where uh, he had he ran the uh, first full squad workout for the club? We'll hear from him in just a moment as we roll on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports Open Line, live from Cardinals Spring Training and the D.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. Once again, Matt Pauley on KMOX. Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. We are broadcasting from Jupiter, Florida, right in the shadow of Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, which is going to be in action, in use this upcoming weekend. Cardinals spring training games begin, and uh, we're going to have many of them for you right here on KMOX. Two ways to uh, listen. Some of the games will be here on KMOX and across the Cardinals radio network. Other games are going to be uh, webcast exclusive games at uh, MLB.com, Cardinals.com. So if you go to Cardinals.com and just go to their schedule page and you know scroll over any of the days, you can see uh, all the broadcast information when it comes to that. We heard from Paul Goldschmidt in our last segment. We'll do our uh, daily audio with Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. He spent some time, as he does every day, addressing the media earlier today. We told you about that uh, meeting that the Cardinals uh, were held, as today is the first full squad workout. So this morning, when guys were in the clubhouse together, that was the first time this spring that the entire team had been together 100% uh, in terms of attendance. And Marmel said that uh, it was a really great meeting, and he was able to get. He was very happy to be able to get the entire team together we covered uh, a decent amount um, it'll stay in house but I'll say I'm more excited than ever um, after talking to that group and um, Mr. DeWitt and Mo and myself addressing that group and, and allowing them to, to kind of go through that I'm, I'm pumped there's been so much focus this offseason on bringing this team together and you know pull everybody pulling in the same direction if you want to go with that cliche whatever uh, but now that they are together it's time for them to come together and Marmel says it's going to be fun to watch that happen. Every club goes through that. You add new faces, you lose some faces and you become a team along the way and um, you're extremely intentional as to how you do that early on. Again, last segment we heard from uh, Paul Goldschmidt as uh, he got into camp and Marmel had a few things to say about him. He opened up by just saying that uh, Goldschmidt Really, he's as consistent of a player as they come in Major League Baseball. And that's one of the best compliments you can give somebody, I think, is regardless in the game, out of the game, is that they're consistent. And uh, you know what you're going to get out of him every day from a performance and just personality standpoint. He's going to give you everything he's got, but he's also going to be intentional with his time and conversations. And this is a guy I'd love having around. So two things with Goldschmidt, and they're kind of the same thing, but they're two things. It's whether or not he's able to take a step forward and whether he is able to avoid taking a step back. So let's start with the positive. Marmel absolutely is expecting big things from Goldschmidt this season. His underlying numbers were closer to 22 than people probably give credit to. And this is a guy who's, I mean, he's never satisfied. He's going to use every bit of the offseason to make sure he's continuing to make improvements. Um, he's done that every year we've been around him. It's something he takes a lot of pride in. He's never going to just say, hey, I feel good. I'm just going to sit on that. So I'm excited to continue to see that uh, that evolution as well. The other side of that, we know that uh, Father Time is undefeated to be sure, uh, but Marmel is not at all worried about Goldschmidt and the kind of season he's going to have this year. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of concerns as to him getting back to 22. I don't think he's looking at getting back to as much as just continuing to 
move this thing forward and, and be the best version of himself. I don't. It's not a matter of just getting back to when you were good or back to your best year. I mean, listen, last year happened, and he is motivated as ever uh, to, to get back at it. So we'll be fine. When you think about the veteran guys in the clubhouse, and there are a bunch of them this year, obviously you have Goldschmidt and Arnado, but you got all the guys that they brought in with Carpenter and Sonny Gray and uh, Kyle Gibson and then Lance Lynn. Lynn is not exactly known as somebody who's going to uh, hold his tongue. He's going to, if there's something to be said, he is going to say it. Uh, but Marmel said that if and when Lance Lynn feels the need to address things, there's always going to be a reason for it. There's a high level of intentionality that goes along with that. Like Certain people are blunt just to be blunt. He has a purpose behind everything he says and a plan behind how he wants to follow up as well. So it's not just directness for the sake of directness. You know, it's kind of funny when you look at the NL Central and you look at, say, the, the betting odds or the prognostications or the, you know, the projections that are put out there. Really, just about every projection that I have seen has the Cardinals projected to win the division. Now, there's still a lot of players out there. The Cubs are a team that could certainly still uh, go out and make a make a, a splash in terms of still acquiring some players and you know maybe bringing back a player like Cody Bellinger. Uh, and Marmol was just asked about being the favorite going into the season, and he said being a favorite doesn't really mean a whole lot. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. Our group is focused on playing the best baseball we can play, and we'll look up and see where we're at. And we are positioning ourselves and preparing in a way to be able to fulfill that. What does mean a whole lot is what you do to make yourself a very good club. And we're seeing all the work that they're putting in uh, during these open workout times. But Marmel said there's a lot of work going on at other times uh, that's all being done in order to be a very good team this year. Conversations before we even come out here. A lot of the early work that takes place on the turf field there, just uh, with our younger group mainly, just covering certain fundamentals and them being able to retain it and recall it and kind of explain it themselves too. Uh, it's always great when they can talk amongst themselves and, and explain certain things. Uh, they learn it a lot quicker. So we'll see some of that. No different than last year with some of our young guys as well. Obviously the players need to go out and do the work, but Marmel says beyond that, it's really important that players really take ownership in what's going on. A lot of the time we use the morning to explain things and thoroughly go through it, allow them to speak into it, throw in their two cents, and when we go out there, allow them to kind of execute. Um, we create the framework for what work we want done, but I think you're not doing it right unless they're taking ownership over, over those things. So you do all those things, you win a lot of ball games, you're a good club. That's, that's the goal of the season, even really the expectation of the season. Uh, but the expectation or, or, or the goal, what you're you know, aspiring towards, it always remains the same. That's to win a World Series. And while you might look at this Cardinals roster, this is me talking, not Oliver Marmel, you look at this Cardinals roster, and in many ways it feels like there is a separation from the best of the best in the National League and the, the Dodgers and the Braves and the Phillies. I think most people would agree that on paper those appear to be the three best teams in the National League. There's a lot of belief around this Cardinals team right now, and Marmel made it very clear he did not mince words. The goal absolutely is to win the World Series. That never changes, I guess. That's my point in all of it. You show up every year with the same expectations. They don't 
change year to year. We're looking to win a World Series, and we're going to prepare and put ourselves in the best position to do that, take our shot. When you have those kind of goals and when as an organization you have those kind of expectations, when players come in from outside the organization, it's very important that those players do understand the expectations that exist as being part of the Cardinals. You discuss what the expectations are and then how we're going to actually do it. Um, also have to understand the names that were brought in they're competitors they're winners they're, they wanted to come here for a reason um, so they're adding a lot of value just in those areas as well I mean you always touch on a couple things because you want your young guys to continue to understand that we're caretakers of that and that is Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel again speaking earlier today as he does on an each and every day basis we will take a break and when we return we'll wrap up the program back at it in just a moment it's a gray bar sports open line on KMOX welcome back to the gray bar sports open line live from Cardinals spring training and the DR Hughes Holmes broadcast center once again Matt Pauley on KMOX Back at it for one final time here on KMOX. It's a great bar sports open line as we start to wrap up this evening's program. Uh, your schedule for the rest of the week, no show tomorrow. SLU basketball, they are going to be on the road in Pittsburgh as they are set to uh, match up against Duquesne. Still trying to get things going. Their last game was on Friday night when they fell to VCU 95-85. to Perfectly fine offensive night for the Billikens, but defensively, it was not. It was not a good evening. And uh, Coach Ford spoke openly after that game about how he's got to find uh, a way to get his team to play, uh, to really follow the defensive game plan and have more defensive intensity. Talked about the fact that uh, VCU didn't do anything that surprised them. So we'll see what they can do coming up tomorrow when they match up against uh, Duquesne. We'll have a full two-hour program from here in Jupiter coming up on Wednesday, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. So certainly looking forward to that. We'll do that on Friday as well. But then on Thursday, we'll have our uh, countdown to opening day show. Mike Claiborne and myself will come your way from uh, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. We have uh, spent uh, much of the week already, even though it's just Monday. We've uh, been spending time uh, putting things together. So hopefully you'll be able to uh, to enjoy that when we've got that coming up on Thursday night. And a reminder for if you ever miss anything, uh, you can find the podcast of the program uh, via the uh, Sports Open Line podcast feed, KMOX.com, the Odyssey app, and everything we do Cardinals-related. It's available on the Cardinals Conversations feed as well. So uh, everything you hear on Sports Open Line, Sports Open Line feed, and everything you hear Cardinals-related, uh, available on the Cardinals at Conversations podcast feed. Wanted to mention real quickly before we get out of here, and, and not a lot to say on this, but the Blues lose earlier today. They fall to the Maple Leafs by a 4-2 score. They've lost three out of their last four. I don't know. I, I've said the same thing. I don't want to be a broken record. I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I don't. I I just don't know how to evaluate this Blues team because they they'll go into tough periods and I'll be down on them and I'll talk openly about being down on them and then all of a sudden they'll reel off a bunch of wins in a row and they're right there and then you you feel great about them and then they start to fall back like they are now and uh, they've lost their last two games by a combined 9-4 score. Uh, three of the three, four, uh, three of four losses, uh, those three games in their last four, uh, they have given up, what, 13 goals, only scored five. So we'll see. Uh, they are going to return to action coming up on Thursday when they take on the Islanders. That's it for this edition of a Graybar Sports Open Line. We will talk to you again soon from here in Jupiter, right here on KMOX.